Welcome to the Canon Church Podcast. What I meant to say was a weekly podcast of Canon Church where we explore, apply, and sometimes clarify the message that was shared on Sunday. And today we are talking about um, God meeting us in the cave times of our lives. This last Sunday, uh, I shared a bit about Elijah's journey from the mountaintop to the cave of despair. And I have my friend Rick here with me today. I'm so thankful for Rick uh, and his partnership in ministry here at Cannon Church. Pastor Tim's out of town enjoying some time away with his family. And so Rick, Very willingly agreed, at least at the moment. He might be second guessing himself now. (laughs) Very willingly agreed to be a part of this conversation. Hey, Rick, introduce yourself to everybody. Rick Adams, uh, member here at Canon for about two years, a member of the Methodist Church uh, when I joined Van Nuys Methodist in 1962, um, and a certified lay speaker. Yeah, and, and a wonderful, church. wonderful team uh, teammate in ministry here at Cannon and uh, and our dinner church that we have over at the the South Gwinnett Co-op and um, and a man who is faithful in prayer and service and uh, just a willing, willing servant. So I appreciate your willingness to be here today. Let's talk about the message. You're very kind. <laughs> I was wondering about the series yeah. um, title, Wish You Were Here. Mm-hmm. I, I think maybe it's a little presumptuous, perhaps. I don't know. Mm. We both were born in South Florida. Yeah. A place people go to. Yes. We're there already. <laughs> now, you're two or three decades after me. Uh-huh. Um, I had one vacation between birth and age 22. Was that typical for you? <laughs> no. Well, what what was the one? No, we went to we went to Disney World. Of well, of course, course which didn't exist in the fifties or sixties. <laughs> but Disney World and a lot of beaches and um, some camping trips. I remember those. Yeah. What was your one vacation? Uh, a family friend from Indianapolis, where my family was from, not me. Mm-hmm. We're going to Indianapolis, and so I got to sit in the back of a packed uh, station wagon. Oh my gosh! To meet my grandmother. Oh. For the first time. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And she came to visit me one time. That was it. That Two was meetings. It. Yep. I'm sorry, Rick. We, hey, y'all, you need to take Rick on a vacation with Oh, you. no, no, no. I married in, I married into a family that vacationed every summer. <laughs> okay. So on our first... In our first summer, we were okay. in the car with our little camper off to Tennessee, the nice. family home. Nice. Yeah, so... Do you have a favorite vacation spot that you've gone to as an adult then? Oh... Well, I love New York City. Oh, okay. NYC. So, you know, yeah, when I'm by myself. So as a family, <laughs> we just did it going to Callaway Gardens. It's Yeah, it's hard to get all of the people coordinated and all the logistics and all the things. And you have certain things you want to do and other people don't want to do. I get it. Yeah. yeah. Coming from a family of seven growing up and um, mm-hmm. and then just having small children and having, having to navigate that whole scenario. I can, I can relate yeah. with the go on your own. <laughs> but let's talk about, let's talk about, uh, the cave place that we talked about this um, this past Sunday. A couple weeks ago, we uh, I had the opportunity to share about uh, a mountaintop experience in Scripture, and um, we were with Elijah on the mountaintop with the Baal prophets and a- King Ahab and uh, kind of the showdown, throwdown. And so I kind of wanted to pick up there 
with this whole idea of a, a cave um, and the experiences that we have that could, we could associate with kind of cave times in our, our journey. And I thought it was important to recognize that um, or to kind of lift up the fact that God's with us not only in the mountaintop experiences but often also and maybe even more so in our our cave times yeah well I think that's a idea a new idea that you introduced to us mm. through your friend um, in his book and all oh yeah because you know how many of us consider caves a destination spot mm, mm-hmm. so uh, you mentioned you have gone to a couple of caves yeah yeah the o- well the only ones that i've ever actually we we were on a road trip years ago i was actually with martin my husband's family and uh, i believe we were at that point in time moving his brother to the university of virginia and so it was martin's folks and his brother and myself and martin and we went to the Loray caverns in uh, Virginia, and a fascinating, uh, fascinating place. We were in um, to to go underground, which gives me kind of the um, the heebie-jeebies, if you want to put it that. I mean, the, I guess I'm a little bit claustrophobic, to, so to think of being underground kind of weirded me out a little bit. But um, the beautiful stalactites and stalagmites and mm-hmm. all of the things that they showed us that, that were so beautifully lit up with different lights and everything. And then, of course, there always comes a time where they turn all the lights out, right? And you can't even see your hand in front of your face. <laughs> and I'm like, has it been 30 minutes? And it's only been 30 seconds, you know? <laughs> what about you? Have you been to a cave? I had a couple of experiences uh-huh. with my daughters. And you're right. Yeah, they turned the light out. And mm-hmm. Nothing. Nothing. Um, so I get it. So we take this idea of, of cave experiences yeah. figuratively, not literally. Right. right. So you, you gave us five more opportunities uh, this week for those kind of cave experiences. Yeah, yeah. Why did you choose yeah, well, Elijah. Yeah, well, I mean, Elijah specifically because he had been on the mountaintop and then he was in the, like, literally the pit of despair where he is in a cave just, um, frankly, wishing that God would, would end his life, which is a, a pretty desperate place to be, a place of, uh, of utter hopelessness. I mean, he had seen God do miraculous things, and, um, and, and then all of a sudden he was under a threat of of death from Jezebel on the run, um, who was threatening his life and promised to take it. And he's just done. Uh, He has been faithful. He has done everything that God has asked him to do. He has toughed it out through some pretty difficult circumstances where God certainly has shown up again and again and again. Didn't take those difficult circumstances away, but was there in the midst of them and showed up in some kind of unexpected ways. And, And I think that's what I really wanted to to kind of um, make us all aware of in this message too that that even in those unexpected places that that God can meet us in um, kind of when we come to the end of ourselves or come to uh, the end of um, kind of uh, our our strength our energy our hope that that God can um, somehow meet us there and that's a that's a tough topic um, it's a really tough topic. 
to to cover and um and and yet God shows up in some unexpected ways, right? Like a lot of people are familiar with the story where the earthquake comes and the wind blows and the fire comes and and God's not in any of those things. And that's that's how we would picture it, you know. That's yeah. how God's going to come. You know? Right, right. So so Jezebel, she's got a famous name, and it's not a good name <laughs> no. in this in this time period. So I was just interested to see, oh Jezebel, uh-huh. and how did she have the resources to make him believe that she'd kill him? Well, I mean, she's already you know got all. She already had all of these these Baal prophets on her side before, but he's put an end to them when the showdown throwdown, and so um, rightly so he knew the depths and the wits and the breadths of her anger and and um, and certainly her own kind of uh, sense of hopelessness. I would I would guess if she'd put all of her hope in them, and now all of a sudden God's shown up and and shown out in a way that maybe she wasn't expecting in a whole different way, right? And she's promised to go after him. and um, In one day. In one day, yes. And yeah, so, uh, I mean, and she was married to the the man who's known as the most evil king of of Israel, so the scripture tells us even more evil than all of the kings that came before him combined. So Uh, That's hard to believe. (laughs) (laughs) So, you did mention earlier, and and it's a question that I have, I mean, Elijah, great Elijah, famous, famous Mm -hmm. Elijah, um, we looked to him as a great hero in the Old Testament. Um, we were having dinner the other night, and there was an extra chair set, and a setting there, and mm. my wife in her humor, I said, who's that for? And she said, Elijah. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, you know, we all know him that way. I don't think most of us know him this way. Mm. My question is, having had all that experience with God, mm-hmm. how did he not think God would be there this time? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think I think we can all relate with similar experiences, right? And I love the reference to the chair being set for Elijah, which is something that um, the Jewish people do at their Seder meal, right? Um, and their Passover meal, expecting Elijah to show up. Every year. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and interestingly enough, I mean, Elijah is on the mountain with Moses in the Transfiguration as well. Certainly uh, a prophet of God, a man of God who led people from, uh, from slavery and captivity to the promised land, but most of Moses' story, if we're honest, is in the wilderness, that in-between place, right, which uh, which I talked a lot about today, that um, oftentimes uh, it's not the, the Egypt or the promised land, but it's the wilderness, it's the in-between places that we uh, find ourselves in this, in this journey, and yet God is with us in those places, and, um, and I think we can all relate to where... Um, Elijah got to one point at one point or another in our lives where we've done all of the right things, uh, which Elijah certainly had done, where God has shown up, maybe even in some miraculous ways in our own lives, and we can look back and we can recognize the presence of God working, and yet... Um, the thing that is in front of us seems so much bigger, potentially, um, or uh, we just don't have, we don't think we have what it takes to, to navigate whatever that is. And so we can get to this place of uh, of despair or hopelessness. And um, and I think those are the places where uh, um, we're maybe sometimes God meets us in a whole new way. Um and, and I think we can become more aware of the presence of God. I mean, I don't know about you, Rick, but there's certainly been places and times in my life where I have um, found myself in my own pit of despair. And those were likely the places where I drew closest to God. Mm-hmm. I, I think in a way, strange way maybe, uh, this is um, 
uplifting for some people mm. that who are finding themselves in those caves yeah. to be able to go, well, wait a minute. Elijah was there too. That's right. And this was a great man of God, so I shouldn't be beating myself up mm-hmm. because I'm there. Mm-hmm. I just need to get out, mm-hmm. you know. And and God asked him the question two different times, "What are you doing here, Elijah? What are you doing here?" And I think it's an invitation for us to reflect and recognize and then, you know, look for revelation as to how how did I get here? Some of it's very obvious and apparent. Um, and I shared I shared in um, in my message today that um, you know, I've had I've had my seasons with counselors as well, which I highly encourage people to to consider if they haven't before, if they find themselves in these hard places, but where literally my my counselor would ask me to say, "How are you feeling, Heather?" And then why do you think you feel that way? Mm-hmm. And sometimes, you know, uh, we don't take the time to to consider those things or to reflect on those things in those places. We just want to get to the other side or we just want to give up. And and so I can um I can relate with yeah. with what Elijah was experiencing. I think maybe sometimes we don't want to answer either because mm. we're afraid it's going to open a door we don't want to go mm. in. We're going to go into a cave. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't think many people have made this a destination. Yeah. All of a sudden, you find yourself in that cave. Yeah. And then how do you get out? Right, right. You know? and, and sometimes we do need somebody else to turn the light on for yeah. us. And, you know, I, uh, you know, we were made for a relationship. None of us is meant to be alone. And yet all of the, the times in our lives where we have these cave times um, can be places where, the first inclination is just to be alone, to isolate ourselves, and yet isolating ourselves can lead to further despair and further a, a, a greater feeling of being alone. And it's sometimes one of the hardest places to ask for help. Yeah. And, and that happens here. Yeah. He has a servant with him, mm-hmm. probably a good friend, mm-hmm. and he leaves him behind. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't it be better if he'd brought him along? He yeah. could have talked it through, had somebody to work with and all. Yeah. You know, and that, no. I'm going to leave him back. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah, no, that's a good point. I mean, you know, he God God gives him a nap, a snack, and a friend, yeah. and and <laughs> and wants to do all of those things for us too. But um, sometimes it's hard for us to see. Yeah. So, I I guess in a sense in the series, these caves are not just for the summer. No, no, my goodness. They're they're in all of the seasons and 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 you pointed out the fact that that my my friend um my friend George Acevedo wrote a book called Everybody Needs Some Cave Time. I wish he would have changed the <laughs> I wish he would have changed the title. I didn't like the needs part. I kind of wanted it to be like everybody finds themselves in a cave sometime. <laughs> but but he he kind of w- goes through scripture and all of what he calls the cave times in scripture the um you know from uh from David's cave of fear where he's on the run uh, from Saul to the cave of grief and Mary and Martha and their, the death of their brother Lazarus to um, the what he calls a cave of temptation, even for Jesus in the wilderness and, um, and other places in scripture that um, are experienced as, as caves that I think we can, re- we can all relate with in some um, way, shape or form, whatever those things look like in our own lives. I think the message that I really wanted everybody to get was you don't you don't have to be alone in that cave and those caves can be places of 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 refreshment of rest and of revelation um to the god that's there all the time 
Well, uh, Mr. Acevedo, Pastor Acevedo, um, he proposes that without these experiences mm-hmm. of denying, discu- uh, dismissing, and avoiding pain, we lose our maturity of being able to find that hope and all. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when I'm thinking about that, I, I think about kids. I was a teacher my whole life, and uh, you, we've heard about helicopter mothers. Yeah. But do you know the phrase lawnmower mothers? No. Parents, Rick, parents. Oh, lawnmower parents. Okay. <laughs> and helicopter parents. Well, having been at a private school, it's mothers. Yeah. But yeah. yeah. But lawnmower mm-hmm. are worse than helicopter. Lawnmowers mow everything out of the way mm. before the child gets there. Mm. And so if we would avoid these cave experiences, yeah. then yeah. where's our maturity? Yeah. If, particularly if we take them away. In other words, so I think what Acevedo is saying, you correct me, yeah. you know him much better, um, that don't deny these experiences. Yeah. You're going to find them a way of growth and being stronger. You know, They can be. They yeah. can be. Yeah. They can be. And, and I think that, um, you know, I can't say enough that that – they can be with God's help and with the help of the people of God, mm-hmm. and that nobody needs to to stay there alone. And you know, I gosh, this is making me think of when I was in hospital chaplaincy, I had to do my my clinical pastoral education and at Scottish Rite uh, first semester, and I can say it was one of the hardest things I've ever done, especially in a children's hospital. But um, there were there was this this. <laughs> There was this what I liken to a disease of the nurses, and um, the the nurses would constantly say to each other, "God won't give you more than you can handle," and that's a terrible misquoting of Scripture number one. And I think what it can lead you to believe is that, well, what's wrong with me? Because I'm not handling this, mm. and I can't handle this. And again, first of all, terrible misquoting of Scripture. Secondly, I believe that um, you know we're not meant to handle. The, all of those things alone. We're never meant to. Um, God is there with us. And we know a uh, a God that um, is a man that had no place to lay his head, one that's called the suffering servant, one that did not take the easy way, could have very easily taken the easy way, did not. And, um, and as we're called to, to grow in his likeness, there are obstacles that we all have to navigate through this thing called life. And none of us is meant to do it alone. And, you know, God has made sure of it that we don't do it alone. Yeah, well, I think why we have community, mm-hmm. the value of the church, you mm-hmm. know, having a church to go to, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and be supported and all. I, I know that that's happened for me, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. that just uh, they lifted me up and all. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, Stephen ministry is a big gift of the church. And, um, you know, having been a Stephen minister before I ever went to seminary and being able to walk with people to be that that presence, that faithful friend that would pray with and for you to be that sounding board when you, that safe place, that confidential caregiver, that safe place where you could say a lot of the things you were thinking and feeling that might not be um, fit for uh, public consumption, if you know what I mean? Um, Even in our own struggle with where in the world is God in the middle of this and um, and being able to articulate some of those things. I mean, if we look at the Psalms, those are a lot of the Psalms that we read. God, where are you? Like, come on. (laughs) And then we get to this place finally of of somehow of praise and worship and recognizing the God that was there all along. Yeah. Um, So you began your sermon today. Mm hmm. With uh, roller coasters. <laughs> yeah. 
Are we going to land on roller coasters? We probably should land this plane on a roller coaster. Yeah. So <gasps> any great roller coaster experiences? Oh, my goodness. Um, I loved roller coasters when I was a kid. Um, I'm a little more apprehensive about those roller coasters these days. And... Um, they look fun and exciting and everything else, but I have by I have I have recognized my limits as an um, as I've gotten a little longer in the tooth, and so there's some I will go on and some I won't. I think probably the most fun um, ones were at Wild Adventures down in Valdosta. We took some family reunions down there, and um, we would go to the water park during the day, and then we would um, go home, eat dinner. Um, change our clothes and go back in the evenings to the, mm-hmm. the regular park because the lines are a lot shorter and the kids um, there were seven kids at that point in time with all the nieces and nephews and whatnot and they would just ride the roller coaster after roller coaster after roller coaster and I was brave enough to get on some of them with them but again I had my I have my limits as to what I would go on and then we w- we lived very close to Six Flags Over Georgia for a number of years and so we would go over to Six Flags Over Georgia and ride some of the roller coasters there um and and finally i think the last time we went and now i'm forgetting what the name of the roller coaster is at six flags the biggest one right now i can't remember what it's called but my dear husband said he would go on that with um with the girls and he's prone to motion sickness (laughs) so this is what it looked like I think the very first thing they did was went on that roller coaster and and he spent the rest of the time laying on a picnic table. <laughs> because, no. And I'm like, you are braver than I am, honey. <laughs> you know, I, I think people in my age uh, world, um, the roller coasters are one thing. The newer roller coasters. Oh, gosh, yeah. Where you get buckled in and strapped down. And your legs are dangling or you're flying like Superman. I, well, I don't appreciate them because they're so fast. I mean, you're done. It's like... Well, where's all the climbing and the turning and the twisting and all that uh-huh. that used to be in the old ones? Yeah, yeah. Before the, it was a longer ride. Yeah, yeah, it was a little bit longer. You know, had more time to be ex- uh, uh, frightened and scared and then relieved. You know, so I was thinking yeah, a crazy analogy. You know, that God's there to give us a ticket to get on the roller coaster, mm. mm-hmm. <laughs> and then when we get to the top and everything's beautiful and wonderful. God mm-hmm. said, "Yeah, my 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 world." And then the and bottom then, falls out. And then out. the falling down and all that. And God says, "Don't worry, I'm with you." And then when you arrive, there. He is to greet you at the base. You know, he's still there. He's there all the You're time. You're like, I don't want to go again. I don't yeah. want to. Well, he says, I got I another ticket, though. <laughs> so uh, if you were to sum up today's sermon, mm-hmm. uh, how would you do that? Yeah, I would say, and it's really one of the last things that I said, is that, you know, there's no part of the Christian journey that is about escape. Um, and I think a lot of times we can think that way, or even, you know, there's some popular hymns that talk about basically flying away and escaping. And there's no part of the Christian journey, uh, really, that is about escape, because most of our lives are not lived in these like Egypt places or promised land places, these um, Easter Sundays uh, or Good Fridays. A lot of them are those silent Saturdays in between, those liminal spaces, um, those in-between places. And that's why our hope is not in a place that we're going to go when we die or when we finish our life, but that our hope hope is in the person of Jesus who has promised to be with us always. Okay. Anything you missed today? Is there anything I missed? I think, you know, um, 
we talked about this a little bit before we hit record. Um, I think really, I don't know that it's a thing I miss, but uh, something that I don't think I can emphasize enough. And that is, you know, there, there's a difference between seasons of life where we are down um, and depressed or, or maybe, you know, struggling a little bit. And then there is clinical depression. And I think, uh, you know, um, those are two hard places to be for sure. And both of those places are places where we, we need the help of others and we need to be reminded that we're not alone. Um, The community of faith is a a wonderful place to experience the presence of God through the people of God. Um, We have Stephen ministers who will walk with you, but we also can be places of of referral to to professional counselors and the the better living through medicine that a lot of people need. uh, to to get through those times or to, to, to just manage everyday life. Um, that is a reality that we all have to, to reckon with in some way, shape, or form, whether it be us or people that we love um, in our family or friend circle. So we want to encourage folks to, to reach out for the help that they need and know that you're not alone. Okay, so we're probably going to find ourselves in some caves. Yes. But remember that God is there. Yes. And there are other people there to help us. Yes. We will get out of these caves. Amen. We'll leave a light on for you. Thank you, Heather. Thank you, Rick. Appreciate you. If you're experiencing a cave time right now and are in need of help, you can reach out to us here at canonchurch.org. You can find all of our information there. In the larger community, you can also text or call 988 for the Suicide and Crisis Lifeline. Know that you are loved and that you are not alone.